What is up? All right, another episode. Um, episode 34 of the podcast. Just flying through these things. Uh, check it out. Check it out at uh, Facebook. Go like the page, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. Uh, Instagram. Do the old uh, Instagram that's Average Joe's Beer Podcast. You can do at Average Joe's Beer Podcast on Instagram to follow my my goings-ons. I've got a lot of things happening right now. A lot more new, new uh, podcasts coming out here in the next couple of months. And as always, I'm going to ask you to go to iTunes and leave a review. Leave a review on the Facebook page as well. It's always good to get the review and the uh, stars, all that. Uh, it always helps the podcast kind of grow. And Instagram, I think we covered. How about Twitter and uh, Twitter and Untapped at JoeBob41. This is, like I said, episode 34. This is the Church Street Brewing Company in Itasca. And it was awesome. I got to sit down with uh, Lisa, who's an owner, um, TJ, the head brewer, and uh, the guy everybody knows in the beer community. He is the mayor of beer, Chet Brett. I've been really looking forward to just having conversations with Chet, whether they were recorded or not. I've heard so many great things about the guy. He did not disappoint at all. He is one of the most wonderful people I've ever sat down and talked to, as were the rest of the folks at the Church Street Brewing Company. Uh, cool place, Austin and uh, Andrew, I think, and Sarah. Everybody, everybody was just great. They showed me around and got to try a bunch of their beers, and and we just talked. We just talked, and it, it was a really cool experience for me. And if you get a chance and you're out in the those burbs up there in the northwest area in Itasca, shoot on over there to Church Street and give them a give them a little look. And here you go. Let's hear from the mayor. We're live now, and and thank you guys for doing this, uh, Chet Brett, and I got TJ here from Church Street. Thanks for having us. Yeah, introduce Ch- yourself, guys. Tell us, Ch- tell them cheers, who you are, everybody. and cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. TJ, why don't you tell us all about? I just, I'm, I'm just excited to be here with the mayor, Chet Brett. I mean, I've had multiple people call <laughs> refer to you as that. I don't know if that's an actual nickname that stuck with you. But well, it's, you know, it's crazy. I mean, that feels obviously very flattering the craft beer community, but in my little town of Glen Ellen. I've got guys I went to high school with whose kids are going, oh, it's the mayor. I'm like, no, I just like going to high school football games. What can I tell you? So. So have a passion for football. And but, TJ, what's your last name? Sorry. I didn't. Uh, it's a weird old oh, Polish well, that's name. Good. It's been Americanized. It's Backwars. Backwars. <laughs> TJ Backwars. And, and TJ, what do you do here at Church Street? Um, I started as an assistant brewer back in 2012, and uh, I took over as head brewer about maybe a little over two years ago. Oh, wow, you've been doing this a while then. I mean, especially yeah. in craft beer years, that's, that's a long time. <laughs> beer, right? beer years are hard years. Beer years are different. <laughs> They're different than, than regular years. But TJ comes from that nice long pedigree of great brewers from the Joliet area that now has hey, become the that's, groundswell. That's a, that's a growing I mean, pedigree. Hey, that's my hometown, <laughs> man. That's my hometown. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I did not know that you were from, from my yes. neck of the woods. I, are you actually from Joliet? or I is that just born and raised on Taylor and Reed. I always say Joliet because most people don't know some of the surrounding towns. I'm actually from Shanahan. Hmm. Went to Manuka High School. I know all about Shanahan oh, yeah. and Manuka. My best friend Kyle is a Manuka fireman. Been so for years and years and really? years. Really? Yep. Yes, What's sir. his last name? Simmons. Simmons. Okay. Simmons, yep. I don't think I know him. He might have graduated. Yeah, he's probably about How 30. How old are you? I think he's about 30. 33. 33? Okay, I'm... No, I'm, I'm 34. Oh, I just turned 34 oh, right. in February, Happy guys. Hey! Whoa. Cheers, Whoa. To, cheers to that. Totally forgot Happy about that. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'll, I'll be 30 in July, so. so... So how does one end up from from the area of Shanahan and Joliet all the way up in Itasca, Illinois, brewing at Church Street? That is that is the question now, TJ. Um. Well, when I when I 
got out of college, I was working freelance film and video out in the city. So I was working anything I could get on. Freelance is hard, man. I was doing weddings, commercials. When I was lucky, I was getting TV and movies. I got to shoot a movie once. I was mostly behind the camera doing lighting, stuff like that. I I really liked it. It's a lot of fun. I I still get to enjoy it in here on occasion when we're doing, like, product shots. (laughs) Don't have quite the gear I used to usually work with, but, you know, you make it work. Um, cameras have come a long way. What can I say? But, uh, uh, it's very hot and cold working in the film industry, especially out in Chicago. Um, you know, the place to be is LA or New York or, you know, some of the other little kind of, uh, bastions for film work that have popped up around like the U S Mexico and Albuquerque. Like, yeah, I heard the Shreveport was big for a while. You mm-hmm. never know where there's like going to be a big production pop up. I mean, you know, and it, some, some, some of it's like really bureaucratic, like depend, it depends on who gets what tax break. Like, you know, when like the, the dark Knight movies went from Chicago to right. Pittsburgh, right. that kind of thing. So it gets, uh, it can get rough sometimes, especially in winter. Uh, winter is kind of, you know, things dry up for, for the film industry a little bit around Chicago sometimes. So, and I wasn't like working in a union or anything like that. So I didn't, I didn't really have this big network yet. And when work was dry, um, me and me and two of my best friends from back home were just brewing beer like crazy out of his garage. Like we went down to his basement. We're like, we have almost a hundred gallons of home brew. It was getting, it was getting out of hand. And it, 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 you know, we were all kind of encouraging one another too. Cause when you're splitting it three ways, you can make that much more beer at a time. And, you know, brewing like five to 10 gallon batches. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it became like the thing that we looked forward to on the weekends every Sunday. Um, and yeah, for it, it, the, the freelance work had dried up long enough and I was just kind of sick of being self-employed and I decided, you know what, I really love the culture around craft beer. I love going to different breweries. I love the creativity and, and the marketing behind the whole thing. And I, I just love the, the range of beer um, that's open to the world these days. So I decided to just, you know, start applying, keep brewing, keep home brewing, start applying, and and educate myself more and more. So I, I immediately went out. I applied to Siebel out in the city. Um, started putting that on my resumes. Like I hadn't even applied yet. I was like, but I am. I'm enrolled. I'm I'm getting there. And uh, you know, I gotta throw a big shout out to I always do to my to my buddy Brandon over at Workforce Brewing oh, Brandon because at the time I was going to him for homebrew supplies and and at the time that's all he was was a homebrew supply shop and I asked him you know hey uh what do you you know what you're really in the know what what's out there what you know who who is who doesn't have a staff yet <laughs> where can I get hired at and uh he just like flipped his laptop around he's like let me see and uh, <laughs> I was like oh according to Facebook uh, Church Street just got their equipment in and I'd applied at several many places and uh that was that was that was the one that was like right on because of the timing. So you know, it, it help, ask your if you're looking for a job in the brewing industry, ask your local yeah, homebrew shop, shop. You might be surprised. For most people, that'd be Brando. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Brando has been on the podcast before. He's yeah, he? one of awesome. the most epic episodes of all time. He just told the best stories. And, oh, he's and thirty that <laughs> you guys are episode thirty four right now that we're currently recording, and I'm thinking 30 of them include a Brandon Wright story. (laughs) He's a great guy, man. He, he was, it was, uh, it was, it was both, uh, inspiring and frustrating watching him 
get everything off the ground. Inspiring because like the guy is just such a good dude. Yes. And, yes, he is. and he's, he's just a genuine guy and he makes great beer and I'm glad he's allowed to now. He had, he had, it was just tough. Like from a, I guess you'd call it a bureaucratic level. Like his, his, from, from where he started to where he is now, like, uh, it was, there's definitely a little bit of hardship in there. Just Download episode eight of this yeah. podcast <laughs> and you will hear three hours of just what you're talking about oh, right God. now in Brandon and Amanda's own words yep. with their newborn sitting so I, beside I them be while they're telling the story. We just had the guild meeting there. We just had the yep. guild meeting there it on It looked Tuesday. amazing. It looked, oh, I saw man. pictures. I saw John Bitterman was posting pictures for everybody there. Who? John Bitterman. Is there a guy you're on? The man. <laughs> the man. John, John Bitterman. Bitterman. I can't man. wait for his episode. <laughs> Two-parter. Yeah, oh, for sure, two-parter. One, one about just the collectibles and then one about all of his visits. That, that's it. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, TJ. I didn't mean to jump in on oh, you. But, yeah, no, so, it's, so it's, Brando, it's, Brando gave you the the. He the gave me the heads arrow. up, like, he hey, this place. Direction. Yeah, he gave me the, the flashing neon arrow, like, hey, check check this out. And, uh, you know, I was at the right place, right time. Um you know, equipment like I so I got hired on here two weeks before there was any real electric or oh, really? or, or or plumbing done in the place. So you just had the the brew house was sort of standing in the same place it is now, but it had nothing to connect it to, <laughs> to anything. No glycol, just beautiful, no stainless. glycol, no steam. Yeah, just a lot of steel sitting around. So no glycol, no steam, no conduit. Um, just kind of a, a shell of a brewery without anything else around it. Not even really any hose. I don't think <laughs> at the time. And so the first few weeks was just a lot of cleaning and uh and research for things that we could get <laughs> you yeah. know like just like the little intangible things you don't really think about oh, like steam <laughs> oh yeah oh, <laughs> that's that probably uh probably a tank blowing off there some little bit of gas a little bit of co2 out there and uh and uh you know you know fa- fast forward uh two years later um and uh the the brewery was ready for a change um with the original guy who was running the brewery left and then uh we had a new guy come on left due to personal reasons um at that point you know i i've been there about three three and a half maybe even close to four years and uh you just fast forwarded a bunch i did fast like, forward you a just bunch. fast forward i'll, I'll, I'll fill in some of that asking about me yeah. from, from the chet, the chet brett edition yeah, will well, be TJ's the pretty humble so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take you back to some of that other <laughs> early stuff but uh uh, so so yeah, eventually you know it came around. We went, we went through two different head brewers, and they said, "Do you want to give it a shot?" And I said, "Hell yeah!" Um, and fast forward two years later <laughs> to now, and I'm really really happy with where we're at. Um, we've made a lot of positive changes in the last few years. I feel like the beer quality is better than it ever has been. We're doing a lot more fun stuff. We're doing um, we're just out there more in the world, and we're selling more beer and. That's, honestly, like as much as I love making beer, like little, little secret of mine is like my favorite thing to do is just to send beer out the door. <laughs> I like yeah. to get it as far away from here as possible. I like to put it out. I like putting it out, knowing that it's going to bars, and restaurants, and liquor stores, and wherever. So that's that's one of that's one of the secret satisfactions of the job. It's nice <laughs> making a lot of beer, but it's also nice sending a lot of beer out the door. That's a good perspective. I haven't heard that yet. That's pretty good. Yeah, you like watching it leave. Like, my, my, my favorite kind of beer home. to make is a lot of beer, and my favorite beer is the one that's going out the door to a bar. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> going to be enjoying the end user. Then, then we have the mayor of all things, Chet. 
He's just lost in the look of the ceiling right now. I'm just enjoying listening to TJ. Uh, I know, me too. A typical humble brewer that actually Uh is one of the main reasons why Church Street is where we are. I mean, he told the backstory, and I guess I'll I'll jump in somewhere along the way about uh, where I entered in. And uh, I was in love with a gal who lived out here, and so I moved from New York City and did a little research and uh, saw a handful of breweries. This is about six years ago that were out in various stages of development. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I stopped by Church Street, by the way. It's at 1480 Industrial Drive there you go. Uh, in Itasca. Got to plug it. Got to plug not, it. Right? Not, not on uh, Church Street. And uh, fortunately for TJ and I and the whole team here, uh, Joe and Lisa Greger uh, put together a beautiful state of the art uh, brewery. That we're also, and if you hear the train in the background, you can, uh, come see us right off the metro line. Keep listening, you'll hear the plane too. Yeah. Yes, I saw some. And so, and so, um, Joe and Lisa put together this beautiful state-of-the-art brewery. We got a thirty-bow brew house. We can do the thing that really kind of makes had made us really unique, especially five and a half years ago, that we were able to do decoction mashing, which I'll let TJ if we get a time to get into some of the subtleties of the German. Uh, brewing techniques that we're able to uh, execute here but um, I just showed up and uh, fortunately for me one of my rabbis in the business is my buddy Sam Merritt who uh, had my job or similar job to me for Brooklyn Beer in New York and I got to be exposed to Steve Hindy and Garrett Oliver and all the great people that were affiliated with Brooklyn Beer and so I, I knew a lot of the things that I could offer a brewery and I knew that Joe had built this beautiful state-of-the-art brewery. He's a chemical engineer, so we hit the ground running with just a beautiful facility. Lisa was going to handle all the headaches. I mean, I've said this many times over the last five and a half years. I get to have all the fun shaking hands and kissing babies, and Lisa's in there buying grain and executing (laughs) and paying the taxes, and it just seems like every week and every month there's another thing that she's attending to. And so I I saw that there might be a need for somebody like me that was willing to go out there and introduced the brand to Chicagoland and fortunately for us uh, we were able to make some really great beer early on and even though we had technically a, a, a head brewer um, really TJ had the palate I mean our owner Joe has the palate to really craft these great you know traditional German and European style beers and uh, along the way We've had some other people, Mark Nasky, to say the least, has helped us craft some beers. And now some of the people along the way that just helped us volunteer and helped us at festivals and whatnot have joined our brewing team. Chuck and Andrew were two of the uh, guys that have just helped us out along the way that had some success as home brewers who joined the team. So the fact that the guy who was our first quote-unquote head brewer Without getting into all the particulars, he just didn't necessarily have the ethos or the spirit of what it is to be in a craft brewery. Now, that means a lot on the sense of what we are as a, a, a brand and this and that. But the reality is, you know, it's time to make the donuts. You got to get there. You got to have the facilities. You got to have yeah, the resources. To make the donuts. <laughs> and I say that a lot. I mean, the reality is we're in the we're, we're in the widget business. You know, we 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 make products, a consumer product that we have to have executed and again we talk a lot about Joe's background but Joe's a you know uh, you know he's a chemical engineer he builds billion dollar petrochemical plants so he appreciated that the 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 Budweiser you were getting in Seattle was going to be the ba- same beer you were going to get out of uh, Budweiser in St. Louis and as a craft brewery 
you got to marry those two things. You don't want to just be cranking out things just because it is. And you kind of have to say, well, you know what? That's a darn good beer. We made a darn good beer. We made a darn good beer. We make righteously good beer. And we're really proud. And so TJ was the guy that, even though his title wasn't the head brewer, and again, uh, the, another guy that passed through gave us, and, and with a lot of this and a lot of the industry, that the people that we touch along the way give us little bits of things that we can move forward with. We're fortunate. Uh, we've brewed some beer with uh, Tommy Nicely, who is a, a brewer of some renown from around the country, who's done some beer. He, he was the head brewer over at um, TJ. Uh, to- Tommy's a man. He, no, it's a brewery, I, I, uh, uh, all Rise. All Rise. But all he'd, rise. Worked at Lagan, he'd worked on a lot of great breweries along the way. But um, we did some beers for him and the people over at Riot Fest. And when he got in the house and worked with TJ, it made us a better brewery. Um, and we're very proud of those kind of relationships that we're able to forge in the industry. But it's because TJ and, and the whole brewing team now, they're sponges. They're open to listening and hearing what other people do. Because as TJ told you, his humble beginnings weren't, I mean, we started with a 30-barrel brew house. I mean, Brando, as right. much as we love the guy, he started with a two-barrel brew house, and then he five quadruplet up to ten five times as much. Now he's got a 10-barrel system. But he's selling beer side-by-side with us at all the places that matter. So whatever your route you're going to get to to get your brewery going, you got to execute. you got to make sure that you're able to bring the beer consistently to the market. And as anything else, you know, we've, we, we've gotten significantly better in our beers. I, we were fortunate when that Hellas came out, we, we knocked that out of the park from the jump. And it's been better and better. But the reality is it was awesome when we started. And we've gotten, fortunately for us, that put us a little bit on the map in terms of the lager community. And we, we love Tracy and our friends at Metropolitan. And there's been a handful of breweries and, and Hopewell has joined the uh, lager market as a few of us have uh, been able to join us and, and as a lot of breweries will tell you and a lot of brewers will tell you lagers are a tough beer to make you know and uh, I yield to TJ on the brewer's side of that I just know that I, I, you know I'm glad that we were able to make that Hellas and, and the rest of our lives we got a new uh, Pilsner that came out but it, those are the kind of things that TJ as a brewer is pretty humble to tell you about but the reality is TJ's really been here the backbone of the brewery Lisa's handling all the nitty-gritty, and Joe gave us this great, wonderful resource. I, I, I often say that you know Joe could have bought a beach house, but Joe bought a brew house, and so <laughs> that's, his retirement. Really good way to yeah, look. his brew, his, his, you know, his retirement might be a little bit. If de- you know de- Joe, that's not too surprising. Yeah, no? exactly. Okay. And I know. I, listen, I could go to Joe's beach house as if he wants to stay in the brew house, but right, you know, absolutely. We, you could but, have been the uh, endorser <laughs> for them. As yes, well, right? come on down. I'll bring you a little pina colada. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a little bit about it. So I basically walked in the door. I was sporting my, uh, as I'm now sporting proudly my church yeah, tree fleece. Yeah, yeah. But are. when I walked in the door, because, again, uh, my buddy Sam Merritt gave me a lot of opportunity to work with him over at uh, Brooklyn Beer. I had this beautiful, uh, in- indestructible black Brooklyn Beer fleece. And I showed up and just, well, you know, first of all, figuring out where Church Street was on Industrial Drive was one of those things that you learn early. But I hit a handful of breweries in the first day. I was in the market looking for a job and came here and TJ and John and Lisa were like, well, we don't even know about that part. We're just lucky that all the things seem to be working right now. I'd be like, well, you know, build it and they will come. Yeah, it's literally like a week, week yeah, or two yeah, in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bre- 
build it and they will come, brew it and they will drink it as long as you tell people. So As long as I, Chet sells it to Well, there's <laughs> a lot of us that helped do that, but the reality was you have to go out and do the events. You have to tell people uh, what's going on. And so fortunately for me, I said, well, let me just start showing up at the local places where we're pouring our beer. And as, as proud as TJ is, is uh, he's a very humble guy and he doesn't necessarily want to be pressing the flesh as he walks around a bar. But when you bring somebody over who says, oh, I love your beer, he, he flourishes in that environment. He just doesn't necessarily. It's, it's always appreciated. I don't think there's a brewer that doesn't appreciate that. Yeah, know? I think it's hard for those guys a lot, you know, and I've met so many of them now lately. It's like it's not that they're they're being rude. It's that just you feel weird, like, having to take that praise all over you. I mean, it's like anybody else. It's not always easy to take a compliment, and it's, you know, it's something that you're like, I'm just brewing beer, you know? I, I, I've seen Jim Abel reluctantly sign autographs, and it was like... <laughs> People love, you know, people. And, oh, and that's the thing. I that, couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah. Like, and somebody again, asked me and, for an autograph. I can't even imagine that. Was that was my next question. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's one of those things that really as a brand manager and as, as a guy that represents the brand, I feel very, very fortunate as I did to feel that way when I was working with my friends at Brooklyn Beer to be part of a community. And so now all of a sudden I'm part of this community on the front row, but it's much bigger than TJ, Lisa, Joe, myself, the rest of the team in the brewery and uh, Austin and Sarah and the people. People want to be part of a community and, and we I can run through a thousand stories, but... Um, That's fine, well, I'll listen to all of them. But, but <laughs> w- w- one uh, of the things I often I'm gonna, say... I'm gonna jump out and fine. kill that noise. She's gonna no, kill no you're fine, go ahead. It's not hurting anything, but it's fine. Yeah, but you know, but that's the nature of a brewer. So it just feels good to give people an opportunity to share in what we're fortunate enough to share with because we're the people who get our salaries from here and we're telling the story. But people... I said it's. I think it's craft beer has taken a little place where uh, where golf was, and no, nothing's more uh, evident of that. And and what our friends at Binnie's have done with the old golf Smith store on Butterfield <laughs> Road in Downers Grove, that, which yeah. was a ridiculously large golf store, um, but now it's ridiculously large craft beer store. Well who's done. got so Jordan and our friends over there have got a great operation, and we're proud that now all of a sudden these people have got something that they want to be a part of. We have people that like, oh, Chad, they're so proud of being part of what we're all doing. We're humbled to just give them an opportunity. And uh, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. We have this guy, Dennis, who's helping us out in the tap room. And, you know, he's a great guy. He's a local guy. And I think he'd been here, if not the first week, within the first couple of weeks. And uh, he goes, you know, he's been coming to the brewery for a couple of years. And we had the uh, Ballpark Brew Fest, which is coming up on May 4th fourth or fifth that first Saturday in May. We look forward to seeing everybody down there, our friends from Big B's. Hello, Ed. Thank you very much. And anyway, it's just a great event. It really brings a lot of people out. It's a super fun event. He works in the neighborhood. He goes, Chet, would you mind if I bought a ticket and volunteered to pour your beer? I go, Dennis, if you buy a ticket, you're not going to be able to pour the beer. If you want to come pour the beer, I will get you in for free. Anyway, long and short of it is he shows up, we get him in free. He starts pouring the beer. Well, first of all, he doesn't want anybody else to pour. He's just basically camped out in front of the tap. And anybody would ask, oh, do you own the brewery? He goes, no, guess what I am? He goes, what? 
He goes, I'm just a customer, but I love this brewery so much. I've been going there. And so, really as good a guy, idea. yeah, and yeah, it's like, listen, thought. I'm fortunate. A lot uh, of people Dennis know me. As, yeah, he's the best. And, and, and I've been fortunate, as you pointed out, a lot of people have known who I am. You know, I don't know if anybody oh, knows. Oh, they them. love <laughs> Chad Brown. Well, whatever. I'm six foot nine. So I'm six foot nine. Yeah, There's they don't tough, miss you, that's for sure. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide when you're six foot nine. But anyway, a guy like Dennis is getting an opportunity, and, and his wife has acted like we gave him the keys to the city because she's so happy that all of a oh, sudden. he's Yeah, and, and, and those kind of stories. Um, from our landlord. I mean, Lisa and Joe have got uh, the, the story that um, the, the German um, uh, who owns it. Uh, Leo. Leo. That they, these kids who's an old school German from Germany kind of German, goes, oh, they're going to be a, a brewery that's going to open up in this empty, unused space that's a piece of real estate of 10,000 square feet that we haven't been able to figure out. They're going to be a brewery that's going to bring German-style beer. Like, they thought it was pu- they were pulling his leg. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's like uh, that old uh, coffee thing, uh, Sir Alex Sahente. No, we will not serve. You know, we have to get him to kind of sign off on some of these traditional German-style beers. And fortunately for us and, and the work that TJ and the brewing team is able to, we're executing those beers. And it's those, you know, these people have a high bar to meet. And it's, uh, and again, making lagers really keeps you on your toes. So, Yeah, I hear, I hear the lager thing, man. It, it takes a lot of a lot of effort, time, and, and expertise to, to make these, and it's something that. And you mentioned a couple, and then you know I know I know I don't know if it's lager specifically, but you know a more traditional style of beer like Dovetail has really been getting a lot of a lot of love for what they've been doing, and it's just you guys are doing this right now currently in 2018, and you know we're sitting here in late April, where it's just. Like, give me the haziest IPA and give me the uh, most adjunct stout you have. Like, that that's the common thought, right? And I'll let TJ speak to this as far as styles go. But, for example, right now, we have our Maybach out. And there's something about, we, we say with traditional European stuff, there's a reason the Maybach comes out at this time of the year where it's spring. And it's just so rewarding. I don't know, TJ, if you want to talk about what makes the Maybach or how the process is doing or some of the st- seasonal styles uh, that we it's, have. It's the Maybach. What else can you say? What else can you say? It's the, it's it's time. Uh, no, it's actually what I'm drinking right now. Is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost out. <laughs> we need to get some more of that. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I, I love this beer. Um, it's one of my favorite seasonals that we do. Not as much as the Hef, though, and that's right around the corner. Oh, um, that is oh. my favorite seasonal. But uh, my Bach is probably like a in my top three. It's a nice, nice medium body double decoction mash, crystal clear, about just short of seven percent. Do you want to give a little uh, decoction? Uh, yes, let's <laughs> for put dummies. Uh, yes, Cause, yes. Cause but decoction, decoction is funny because it's one of those. You know, there's been a lot of beer science done in the last you know few decades and decoction hasn't really been a big part of that so unless you've got the capital to have a big lab where you can do a whole lot there's not there's not a lot of knowledge you can gain about decoction outside of the sensory process and so that's that's kind of the difficult thing when it comes to explaining decoction to people that aren't familiar with it is because there's not a whole lot that's known about it. It's a very traditional process. You're dealing with something that's very, I mean, by today's standards, ancient. You're talking about something that's that was done 500 years ago that's being done today using modern technology. So... You know that the process for people that aren't aren't familiar with it, it's it's basically if you have your your standard mash. You know, normally you take your water, you take your malt, you throw them together, 
and you're usually sitting at around give or take 150 degrees depending on what kind of beer you're making and then you go ahead and you you sparge you you pull your you pull your wort from it whatever gravity you want and then you boil it and and the rest is 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 what you're what's in your glass um but with decoction you typically mash in colder so you mash in at a protein rest temperature which is typically either in the mid 120s maybe low 130s and uh so that uh, activates certain enzymes that give you protein breakdown um and then while you're doing that you've got a portion of your mash maybe about a quarter of it that you're taking and you're you're boiling it so and that's normally a no-no in mashing uh practices but you're you're only taking a a portion of it you're boiling it and that gives you certain levels of caramelization, certain levels levels of melanoidins. Um, it's really funny to see it from a visual standpoint because it, a it looks really weird boiling compared to a normal wort boil that you'd do for any other beer. Um, just the foam is kind of big and weird, and it's got these wild bubbles to it. And then when you when you transfer it over, if you look at it on a small scale, it like looks almost black. Looks like you roasted it. Looks like roasted barley. But then, you know, if you're dealing with something like Hellas, it ain't black. It's it's straw as hell. Um, it's it's a really weird process. And but it gives you this this certain character that I don't think you can particularly replicate. I think it's very difficult to replicate. I'm not saying that you can't with certain like a various combination of malt obviously you got some melanoid malt that's what most people i think go to when they try to try to replicate a decoction mash beer (coughs) Uh, but uh, the process itself it it gives you a certain uh, gives you a little bit of body gives you definitely some some extract that you wouldn't normally get Um, it it takes the malt puts it through the full range of temperature um, but it's one of those things that it's, you know, I, I wish I could talk the nitty gritty about it cause I'd love to know, but I, I don't, I, I looked for it and I haven't really found it, but I like the science on it isn't really out there. It's not like everything else where they've studied it over and over and over again. They, they've they've, they've done hops to death, paper, like right, hops right. and yeast are done to death. Yes. Like, like, you know, the malt always gets kind of forgotten about like water chemistry, <laughs> but malt. like sometimes the malt, and I, if there's something out there that I haven't find, like if, yeah, if somebody you, find if, it, if you have a listener TJ, that, no. that yeah. knows something I don't God, about, I, hope I have a listener uh, like, that knows, I'm sure. has, has like some <laughs> sort of article or something, you know, like tagged on the Facebook There's, there's all sorts of stuff out there, but it's, you know, it's definitely one of those processes that you could there's probably a lot going on in there that anyone who's done it doesn't even know about because like you're definitely getting certain flavor compounds you're, like i said you're getting those like those low level caramelization melanoidin compounds you're getting the uh uh can't think of the word right now it's escaping me it's like the the rollyard effect or oh uh, you're, you're beyond my level I, it's it's and, and what t- basically what TJ said is a tough thing to explain in terms of even if you're a brewer, obviously. But when you drink a beer like that, it, it, it really kind of explains itself. It's like, I'm not sure what all the science is. I know this is a lager because there's no bitterness. There's nothing that's getting in my way because I, I use this a lot also. Some people, people say, oh, I don't like craft beer. 
what usually it means is they have a bitter, hoppy IPAs, and they think everything yep. that craft beer is about is yep. that. Then we have a beer like our Hellas and some of the other beers that we decoction mash, which is a very smooth, full-bodied, a lot of mouthfeel, but it's got a lot of flavor. I can't explain the science like TJ did, but I would suggest anybody get down to Church Street Brewing and, and Company the, the, and it's the best I, The best I say is it's kind of like a grain flavor. Like it's kind of like a it, it, it's like a good kind of grain really flavor. Fresh, it's, good it's, grain it's kind of like it's kind of like if you if, if you're like a home brewer and you've ever like taken a bite of your milled malt, malt yeah. just to be like what does it taste you like chew before your malt, it, right? Yeah, I've heard yeah. That. I've before heard before it becomes it. beer, what is, like before it goes into a mash, like what does it taste like and. Um, you you kind of get a little bit of that flavor, almost how it's like a grainy sort of, for lack of a better word, sweetness, like a grainy sweetness, and that's you know, but something like a Maybach, it's it's it, it you know, the best way to kind of, you know, when you, when there's something that you don't fully understand, you know, because like beer science has kind of fully explained like hop reaction and it's fully it's maybe not fully because yeast is pretty complex but it's 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 gone very in depth on yeast and flavors that you get out of yeast when it comes to to malt and malt reactions i i i don't know if there's as much science there as there is with with the hop and yeast side and so when it comes to decoction especially it's interesting to, especially like on our system, which is fairly controlled, you know, it, it's, if you're going to do like a single versus a double decoction, for example, it's really interesting to see the difference and with, especially with like time as a factor in there as well. So like when you have something like the Hellas, which has that, that unique malt character, um, given that, you know, the beer is almost entirely base malt versus something like the Maybach, which is also a lot of base malt, but you take it and you double decoct it and you decoct it for a longer time for those cycles, you get what in the Maybach is kind of described as like a little bit of like a strawberry sweetness. And you take that malt and you kind of you kind of push it and you're, ta- you're taking more of that grain bill and pushing it in that process. And so it's it's very interesting what you get. And the same thing with, you know, like we also double decoct our our pontificator doppelbach and our on our oktoberfest and it's it's interesting to see and they're done in different ways and it's interesting to see what kind of effect you get out of that you're just you're always playing i'm guessing huh there's just balance bit. i feel like i'm catching like chet chet kind of brought up the uh the the like on the big picture when you're trying to push beers out to market and like you said you love seeing beers leaving out the door and you, you're pushing these beers out to market and the consistency you gave the example of budweiser and one in seattle matching budweiser out of st louis i think for guys like you and church street and these breweries this size like it's got to be like a fine dance to you want consistency, but you don't want to stop playing around. You don't want to stop experimenting. Well, that, that's and part learning. of the whole draw craft, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like so, there's a lot of cu- uh, customers that they they might really enjoy a particular beer, but they'll also kind of enjoy the fact that they know that beer well enough that they can kind of tell the subtle differences between each batch, which normally you would only find amongst the brewers. Like on a long day in here, we'll usually have a couple beers afterwards and just kind of chill out you know uh uh uh, have like a have like a dull moment which is nice on a long day and and so and we'll talk about the beer you know we've tasted you know collectively i'm proud to be able to say i've tasted every single batch of hellas we've ever made which is a lot of batches now 
and you know if it's any batch recent i could tell you oh that batch was like probably a couple ibus higher than i'd like it <laughs> that that batch was like you know i wish that batch would have attenuated just like a couple tenths of a play more you know like it's it's those it's those variances between you know hoppiness sweetness uh, and all the flavors in between it, it's it's just those little tiny nitpicky things that you know only your your really hardcore regulars and and your brewers who drink it all the time yeah. are gonna, <laughs> gonna recognize when we first came out with our uh, crimson clover irish red anybody's gotten a chance to meet our uh, uh, owners joe and lisa but joe is is a chemical engineer you know he went to berkeley and uh, northwestern he's as smart as guys you have in craft beer but he's as humble i mean he's a craft he's a he's a chemist you know at his base and so when we made the Irish Red, we're standing outside of the brewery, and he goes, that turned out good. You know, and that's a But he wanted a little redder. The first year wasn't as red as he was shooting for, so the next year he wanted a little bit redder version of that. So the beer tasted <laughs> awesome to him, but in the, fortunately for us in the business of craft beer, you get another crack every beginning of the year. Like, try all right, again. we're going for you. Yeah. Try it again. And, that's a, and again, it's an example of a beer that we'd love to, especially Joe, would have loved to made that year round, but because of the fermenter space and the distributors are ready to move on to the Maybach and the Hefeweizen right, in this right. Oktoberfest. So many just, games to play. Yeah, and, 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 and some breweries are known for having their reds and stuff the year round, but for a brewery like us, we're like, oh no, don't worry about it. It's and it also adds to the excitement when that beer comes back yep. around the next season and it's, I mean, if if we have ten year, you know, seasonal or whatever that come through the thing, ten percent of that group will be looking forward to. Oh, even Lisa, as our owner, certain styles, it's like, oh, that's my favorite. You know, it comes to that season, it's like, yeah, you know what? It's it's a beer that seems to make sense. There's a group of people that are going to love it, but sorry, you better drink it now. And a lot of times, they'll do a tasting at Binnie's or one of the um, Whole Foods or oh, okay, you know. Bob, yeah. uh, you know uh, beer seller in Glen Ellen and be like, no, I want, it's like, no, that's coming on. No, it's coming on. Much God, like the Hefeweizen you are looking uh, forward to. Oh, right? well, yeah. People are looking, looking forward to that. As I get back from CBC, man. He's looking forward to it, see? Uh, what, you know what? You guys have talked about the Hellas a million times since we started the recording. What is the actual name of the Hellas? I know it. I just want you to say uh, it. Heavenly Hellas. So just in case this is somebody's first intro to Church Street, just... And, and, and to that end, in terms of whatever bar, restaurant, bottle shop, liquor store, supermarket, um, go to your local store and say, listen, what do you got local? And say, oh, what do you got? I want Church Street Heavenly Hellas or whatever the style is going to be. And then within a day, a couple of days or a week, more often than not, they'll be able to get that beer. It's one of those things that uh, the beer industry is fortunate about. It's not one of those. You just The process sometimes can be a little challenging and the distributors might not have proper inventory we might have sold it all to one distributor and this guy's like but you know what the next time you better be lined up to make sure that your store your restaurant your bar oh i love to have that hefeweizen on the dock over at some place in mundelein uh, or it's one of those great lakes up in that area maybe not one of the great lakes the great lakes are the always good a good lakes. place the good, good lakes, lakes. <laughs> or along the okay lake lakes yeah. they're fine yeah fine but, <laughs> but yeah so so don't be afraid to, to and engage the people at the liquor stores because a lot of times people seem it's like it's overwhelming and, and they kind of walk through and they don't put the extra effort in. And, and it, it, it's a couple of questions and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know what? This wasn't as intimidating as I thought. Yeah, We're not a quiet bunch. That's craft beer well, junkies. See, but see, here's the thing. The craft beer junkies, we got that. 
we make a lot of beer. We need the people that are just going to be taking a, a, a right. keg to their graduation or their confirmation or their bar. When any event you're having, ask for some craft beer. Ask for church treat. They can get a they can get a keg of Hellas for their kids' graduation from whatever, and go. You know what? We've got some great beer. You don't have to stay all day talking about the hop profile. This just it's a great beer. Let's play frisbee, horseshoes, drink. You'll some like it. Yes, we'll, we'll <laughs> like it exactly. So, Chet, when when uh, you and I first talked, when you and I first talked through Facebook, uh, you know, probably even a couple months back, you had a lot of hair. I know. And I recently, in my perusings of social media, found that you don't have any hair, and now I'm standing in front of you. What well, happened? Well, fortunately, it go? It's, I've got, I'm hopefully not good. I'm the picture of health. But uh, <laughs> for the last six years, I've been fortunate enough to have been able to be a, a part of the St. Baldrick's operation. So... Uh, this year, uh, Sarah, the beer angel from Church Street, decided we wanted to have an event at, uh, at Church Street. So uh, the St. Baldrick's organization, if anyone wants to Google that or click on the links that we probably will attach to it, um, to find out a little bit, it's, it's you know, cancer research for, you know, children with cancer. So um, each year you do it, and each year you find another reason why, wow. It's very easy to say, no, I don't want to shave my hair this year, but all of a sudden the money's bigger than you thought it was going to be, and you kind of set the bar, and you're like, this year I tried to set the bar so low, and then that bar, and then that bar, and then that bar is kept met. And you're like, you know what, I guess this is what's going to go on. And then, you know, even the people in the community of people that were there, the girl, the gal who cut my hair, her brother is somehow otherwise tied into the beer community. Like, oh, my God, she's such a crystal who works at uh, Elmer's Brewing Company. And she's also a beautician. And uh, um, how, what form of stool did she have to stand on to cut your hair? Well, we're not going to talk about my <laughs> stool, but the reality is we're going to talk <laughs> about the fact Either that... Either you needed uh, to sit on a child's chair or she needed uh, to be standing on top of like the brew house Well, to the cut great thing hair. is when you're shaving it off, there's not a lot of there's a lot of room for error. Just keep chopping it <laughs> off until all of a sudden you got a shiny head. So, uh, And it's awesome. It was a great experience uh, when I did it originally six years ago when it was just me walking down the streets of St. Charles, stumbling into a place that did it. Well, then you get your email and you're in the system and we did some nice events over the years at Mullins, and then this year was a, a super home run event, and I was so glad to be a part of it. And we had our buddy Robert and uh, his wife from uh, the Fetter Scene Experience or whatever, Robert's... Uh, uh, Robert Ralph, was, yeah. Ra, Robert Ralph is that? Fetterson. You can't say that too fast. <laughs> now, who's impossible. also the inspiration and name for our uh, Zwickle that we just released, Head in the Clouds, which just goes to show you. And in likeness, if you've seen the cans. Yeah. Can I ask you, what is what's Zwickle? What's Zwickle? We'll lead to... We'll lead to uh, yeah. It's an unfiltered lager, and uh, it's, uh, it's typically a uh, little, little bit hoppier, just a little bit, not like an IPL. For those that right, yeah, love the IPLs, good but style, yeah, it's a unfiltered good style. a little bit hardier. You got a little bit more yeast, a little bit more protein, a uh, little bit higher body on it. Um, still really drinkable. Great, you know, great summer beer. Great anytime beer goes great with a meal of any kind, which is how I'll also describe our Hellas. Like that's never doesn't doesn't not go with anything. Never a bad idea. Yeah, never a bad idea. Um, but uh, that yeah, it's a it's a lager variety we've been doing more and more lately, and uh, you know people I think craft beer drinkers in general and and beer drinkers in general uh, across the board are just a little bit more open to your hazy styles now, you know especially right. like hazy IPAs are the big craze right now, so why not hazy lagers? Yeah, they're <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It comes up on every episode as well. <laughs> TJ, I noticed they didn't cut your hair. <laughs> 
your no. hair is long and strong. No, he's got the flow bee. It's, Anybody who's yeah. got the flow bee. I, I really need to, though. I probably should have taken it. I got some scissors, so I'll take it there. Is your wife or a uh, significant other upset about that hair? His wife oh. isn't, but a significant it's other not like, is. It's not like, you know, Jerry Garcia. It's not like long, no, but it's out, like, man. it's a nice, messy long. It's the guy you pick yeah. on the ninth grade playground to be on your team it's because like he just doesn't give a crap. We're practically up to homeless long levels here. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little bit of bed head mixed with a little yeah. bit of you just need to brew cut head that, cut all that. that. Thing. Well, it, I, I'm really glad you joined us, by the way, because you were you were kind of like, yeah, I got stuff. Then you're like, I, you know I what? Did, I, I didn't even I know like this happening today. Yeah, yeah, right. so, so, today. Sometimes I keep stuff close to the vest, cool. and then I break it out to see who's around. I'm like, all right, TJ, because if they <laughs> overthink it, they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be this intimidating thing, or like, oh, I'd much rather brew. And I'm like, you know what, TJ? You're he caught me on the perfect day. It was a long day, so and good. I and I fixed a pump, so I'm like, I'm feeling manly. I wish I could take full credit for it. I just. Really, really, someone else fixed it, and who, who I just hit a few it? buttons. Anybody, just somebody from not, uh, not, this, not a Church this, Street uh, employee. This uh, this uh, this motor company. Oh, okay. Uh, like, I thought you were gonna say like yeah, one of the guys in the tap right. room fixed oh, no. it. There, there are new heroes though. Like, <laughs> if, oh, if yeah. you're it's if, awesome. if anyone, any other brewers are listening to this, you know, if you have somebody nearby, they can fix a pump or yeah. motor or something like that. They're they're your hero. They're the person you give all the beer to. Yeah, <laughs> Dale is uh, a guy that helped us some plumbing oh, issues. Oh yeah, Dale, our, Dale and our, in-house, whole, uh, our in-house plumber, quote unquote. <laughs> and you try to give him a free pint of beer. It's like, no, no, I go, Dale, put it this way. Just have one of these beers. Dale, it's take the goddamn fun. beer. Yeah, yeah, you earned it. But to, to TJ's uh, point about you know what you're dealing with on the front lines in a brew house. There is as much MacGyver skills to these guys that brew beer and work on the bottling line. And uh, I'm fortunate enough I get to stop at a lot of breweries along the way. And we're all faced with the same challenges. There's water, there's electricity, there's hoses, there's this, there's mechanics, there's moving pieces. And they don't necessarily give you all the answers in the uh, play. <laughs> you, you, you name a problem <laughs> yes. and we've dealt with it. And I probably have a ready solution for you, hopefully. <laughs> You guys keep like a book or a binder somewhere when this happens. I I should probably write that down. You're right. I should probably have like a Microsoft Word file. Yeah, that's corporate America coming into play there. Like, you should uh, write that down. But taking that exact point a little bit further, we're fortunate in our community. We're all part of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. And there are members or I don't know what the exact title is for people like Goose Island, who's obviously a big boy, part of the the big... uh, monstrosities that is you know corporate beer but their best practices their safety issues a lot of the things that we all face day in and day out they'll share they'll pay it forward or pay it down or whatever so we have a question we can put it out on the list sir we can ask about this but does that seem like it's going to make sense and it just goes and shows that we have a very unique situation i'm fortunate i've been in a couple of careers along the way before I got in the beer business professionally. I've always been a consumer somehow along the way. But, um, and that the, the, the people that are willing to help uh, each other along the way has been so remarkable that it's, it's humbling and it's awesome. It, it kind of makes up for a lot. They're like, uh, we need beers. Yes, Just we need it. beers. Just yell. Lise, can we get a couple of beers for the fellas, please? Just yell. At least he's going to join. Uh, you know what? Yes. Chris, could you get us? At is going to join us. Could you get a uh, help? Lisa, oh, we got a mic right here yeah, for you. I'll, I'll, I'll do No, he's going to go. We got Chris. Sit. Relax. Yeah. Chris. Lisa needs a beer. I'm good. Oh, no, we need you to get the beers. Oh. oh. 
He's get, like, what? We're going to have Lisa sit. You're going to get the beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, you had to break that to him. That was sad. No, he can He's sit like, on Lisa's no. lap. No. <laughs> uh, what do you want, Joe? Let me try the Hellas. You guys just Hellas? talked to the Hellas. Man, TJ? I haven't had it yet. I'll do, I'll do Brimstone. Brimstone, Lisa? I just had the Brimstone. Uh, get me a brimstone too, please. Yeah. Let's get Joe a few painted plaids. Give him like. Two yeah, put him over the top. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we'll no, get into. No. And, and Joe's got a long drive home. And we'll get into some of that. You were talking about engaging the brewers, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Well, you, you know, you, making you guys filibuster. Let me get let me get her mic set up. Yeah. You guys talk talk anyway, to me a little bit about, about Joe. The world. You, you, one of the things you had talked about was you know keeping things interesting and along the way for a brew that makes lagers that we're pretty proud to execute as good as anybody in America. Um, but there's a lot of other styles of beer besides the lager, and for can you hear me? <laughs> we're getting Lisa set up with the headphones here. Here she comes. Nice, Keep going, Chad. Keep going. So uh, one of the cool things about the industry is that uh, there's a lot of styles that aren't necessarily straightforward, and you can just knock them out time after time. As a lot of people know, we have FOBAB, the Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers, which are those big oak barrels that are filled with wine and and bourbon and different things originally that are emptied, and then we fill them up with different styles of beer. But it gives people like TJ Andrew and and Chuck and and Dave and the people in the uh, the brew team an opportunity to work on different styles of beer that keeps their skills on point. And be like, you know what? Wow, that was, and they learn things far greater, you know, than the result of it. You know, be like, you know what? That was awesome. What are we going to do on the next version of that? And then all of a sudden they're buoyed to the next point of doing that. And 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 that's one of the fun things to see, that you know when you see these barrels at these breweries, it's it's as much about engaging the brewers to be part of growing a brewery and growing what you know what we're all about. So, thank you, Chris. You, you hear Chris so you a, see like the the brewers light up usually when you when you talk about the barrel program. When you get the barrel program stuff going, you see the excitement or like a lot of them started with like one or two or three barrels. And then like once they get like we have 30 barrels now and we got 60 barrels now and you just see it grow over time. That is, that is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> it has grown and uh, we're trying to grow it more. Um, so we've been doing our first couple of bottle releases. We're going to have we're gonna have our next one coming up hopefully pretty soon. Um, there's definitely some barrel aged beer that is ready to go. Um, it's all about, you know, finding out where our market is for it. Because it, it, it's something that's still pretty new to us. We didn't do a lot of barrel aging the first few years. Um, we were just focusing on trying to perfect our loggers. Um, so af- after that, uh, yeah, not, now I'm starting to think about like a sour barrel. Yeah, yeah. Um, you start to get It's going to take a little bit of research. Because yeah. to, like, to be honest, and like there's not a lot of brewers that will fl- f- like probably fully admit this i'm not a big sour guy like i can appreciate oh, a good one oh, when i have one you're in trouble oh yeah people and are going to be upset all the with dislikes you. are rolling in um i'm, I'm not just me personally you know everyone's palate's different they they like what they like and they don't what they don't um and like just you know i can appreciate a good sour when i have one but i i also appreciate the fact that there's a lot of people that really really like them and i'd like to I like to take a crack at making some good ones. So we're starting with kettle sours. It's a good way to start. Um, but now that we're starting to get uh, into some barrels that are ready to be near the end of their life, um, you know, if, if a barrel isn't, isn't, isn't screwed, then it's time to try to turn it into a sour barrel after a, a few runs. So 
I'm hoping to maybe a year down the road have something juicy and tart and yeah, maybe nice a little spontaneous bit vinegary and wild. And yeah, or yeah. Some, something, something in a barrel is always fun. Yeah, Beer exactly. Love it. Love it. I love hearing the conversation too. I, I've seen, I've talked to like, like you know Tom Corder over at Penrose. He was. Him and uh, Jake uh, Jake Brady over at Penrose, they, they gave me some of the best conversation I've ever had about wild and spontaneous and learned oh, about bet. cool ships and just, you know, and every, anything that, that goes along with that. It's it's a very interesting part of craft beer. Your, your Berliner's good. I mean, it's pretty good, right? I mean, that's, oh, a, good, that's a good place to start, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 if you're looking at getting into sours, I think trying to nail a kettle sour first is a good place to begin yeah um so yeah we're really happy we've only done we haven't done the berliner as much as i'd like you know it's a great summer beer i'm glad that we were able to have it return uh this year we just released it last friday so not even a week ago in context oh, wow, yeah. of this recording um i tried that one first that was the one i walked in there like, are, are you a big sour guy uh, i wouldn't call it like a big like i'm pretty standard with like the, the current day craft beer normal guy like i love big hazy ipas i love average you might even say average joe that might be where the name pulled from chat <laughs> uh, but but yeah i mean that but I, I do enjoy like berliners i like the big now that you're seeing like the big fruited ones are coming out and these like big mm-hmm. thick almost like milkshake type berliners are coming out and like microphone and places like more doing the fruited series so like I, i'm liking those but i love good like barrel age like brando does some good like messing around with barrel fermented stuff sure barrel, you know whatever it is i love i love the, a lot of that stuff that nice clean uh aged sour and oak you know it's got a good flavor to mm-hmm. it yeah i know it's not the easiest thing to get like newbies into or that kind of thing but it takes a little bit of research if it's something that you're that you're not focused on um i you know i around here if we're going to do something we want to make sure that we do it right. Um, we're really focused on that, and it's a damn fine Hellas, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's super clean. Good. Not not that style that I'm going to go jump in order usually when I come into a new place. But you guys seem to be known for this beer, right? I mean, this is like kind of your cornerstone beer. And on that note, let's welcome in Lisa, Lisa owner. Hello. You, you got to get right on that mic, right though. I know mic. you're new. Okay. You're Hello. new here. I'm there new. you go. There she is. Just look at me. Look yeah, at me. Yeah. I've seen I've seen enough recorded podcasts to know that you got to be. Good thing you were a film major, right? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> did, we even <laughs> talked about that earlier. Yes, yeah? we did. We touched on that. Mm-hmm. So, Lisa, tell us about yourself. Why do you have? Why do you own Church Street? <laughs> <laughs> That's because of my husband, um, <laughs> or because of my oldest son. My oldest son came home from school, homebrewing, and thought his dad, who was a chemical engineer, needed a hobby, and he'd really like brewing beer. So you and that's the long story. She gestures <laughs> towards the brew house. So I believe Chet put it as he could have bought a beach house and instead he brought a, bought a brew house. Yes, he bought <laughs> it. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, they, they brewed beer on the stove on one Christmas because we gave him home brew equipment for Christmas. And by March, he was doing all grain. And in the summer, we had a lagering refrigerator. What? In the garage. So that happened he, fast. Yeah, so it was pretty fast. And what is mom thinking this whole time? You guys out of, out of your minds, like it's like well, it's it's something fun to do. Did we had one daughter that just really, really hated the smell of beer in the house, the so <laughs> it moved outside very quickly because of Sarah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could imagine that. Yeah, At, but um, it's always more fun to. But they didn't mess up your kitchen. That's good. No, because I've heard that. I've heard I've heard a lot of stories of people screwing up their parents' kitchen or like their own kitchen. Yeah, I'm not very worried about my kitchen. Good. 
<laughs> and it allows Chet's telling me to be closer to i don't know if yeah no you're I good you're oh. good where you're at you're good where you're at <laughs> so so yeah so that's how we started then he spent his time at sports practices and stuff trying to he's a chemical engineer worked at the at the same company for 30 some years and had did a lot of stuff with oil refineries so he started looking at setting up a a brewery so he set up this whole place tj was here for the very end when we um, started brewing but we took possession of this building on april 1st and it was a concrete shell and we were making beer by september 14th or 15th as, the as same year. I was telling him I was, Wait, I was what here year two was weeks that? before 2012. anything started getting made. Yeah, so TJ started right like right after Labor Day. Um, 2012. I love that you remember that. Like She just remembers that off the top yeah. of her head. I have the like, reminder boom. over there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, But we were only about two weeks behind on stuff. I remember when all of this, a lot of this equipment came in, and I just couldn't believe how huge it was. But from Joe's perspective, <laughs> it was tiny because he was used to oil refineries. Right, so all yeah. the tanks looked really small to, seemed very small to him. I don't think they were so small when we tried to erect them. But we had some exciting times there. I can't. I still can't imagine hoisting up the hot and cold liquor tanks. Yeah, those they're are, huge. They, they barely clear the ceiling. The ceiling. Yeah, yeah. So. we we did the fermenters ourselves, but the brew house and the. Um, and the hot and cold liquor tanks, we did get riggers in to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really wild to watch. It's sizable. I mean, and I've been, <laughs> I, this is 30 plus episodes for me, and I've been in a lot of brew houses that I haven't interviewed. Like, not, not everybody this size, I guess, like not this size front of house, I guess, or production wise, has this behind them, you know? That's a heck of a, a setup. Our, our you guys biggest have marketing here. mistake ever was not doing a time lapse of the tanks or anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the big thing. All That'd the never a new brewery right moves into town now. They love they love doing yep. that. Yeah, we needed TJ to uh-huh. take yeah, pictures. You need, yeah, you needed the film guys. You got mm-hmm. me two weeks too late. <laughs> so we've touched on this a couple times from all of you, and I don't know who was like the best. Who? Uh, well, first of all, Chad, you 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 uh, describe Lisa as the one that's basically absorbing all the headaches while this is all happening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but to, trust me, I get to have all the. But you see, everybody sees me out having fun, but all the things that you know, the governmental things that have to be identified and, and taken care of, and dealing with the distributors and the taxes and the labels and. There's a lot of moving pieces in a brewery, you know, staffing issues, fundamental stuff. It's like that person had a an issue. Boom, you have to take care of that. And so um, TJ and the guys in the brewery get to roll up their sleeves and, you know, deal with making beer. I get to go out and have fun and hugs and all that other stuff. But Lisa's out there doing the stuff. Shaking that, hands, kissing babies. That's, yes, that's, that's, that's what thought. it is. And, 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 and fortunately for us, we have somebody like Lisa who's able to do those things and she's naturally good at it and she understands about it and she's diligent and she's able to keep the uh, course of the ship and the brewery going in the right direction as, as the rest of us do whatever we do along the way. As I'm sitting at the bar oh, with my computer all day, every day, uh, <laughs> and I'm not playing solitaire. Oh, no, she most certainly, <laughs> she's the least computer person having fun I've ever seen. It's like, no, I... If you ever go into a brewery and there's just one lone person on a laptop in there, they might just be the owner. Yeah. Just <laughs> that might be it. It was you, actually, when I walked in, Brewer TJ. I was at you a desk, though. I was, I was, I was an easy tell okay. there. Yeah. Um, now... The other thing I wanted to I wanted to bring up because it's it's very uh, dear to me and uh, and because I, I love these guys so much but uh, 
I guess as the big picture question, like the, the the contract brewing that happens, how how does how is that working here? Well, false to Lisa. Okay, <laughs> I'll let her start. Yeah, I can pick it up yeah, about yeah, halfway yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see Chet's microphone is like seconds away from falling. It's just dangling by. Dangling. It. No, look at the, it's look, a, look at the that's base. That's the cliffhanger. Look at the base. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead. So basically, somebody contacts us and asks if. We have room for them to contract brew, and we just start working from there. You have to get a amendment to your brewer's notice then for basically it's that you're bottling on account of them once you've got that then you're then you can go ahead and start brewing um that can take anywhere between it's it's much it seems to be much faster now, but it used to be between two days and six months. To get something approved, wow. <laughs> and, and really now it's down. It's down to a few. It's uh, down to about a few days. Um, I'm not sure if that's D- judging by the people. most recent. Yeah. TTB approval. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, which is nice. So they must have extra people, or they've expedited things. So I'm not trying to speak badly of the TTB. But <laughs> once you get you, that TTB. approved, then you can go ahead and um, get start actually brewing, and um, we have to get label approvals for all of their beers as well as all of ours because they're made in a different place so and the ttb that's really important to know where everything is made and yeah and the as far as the um relationship between the brewers we usually bring them in they talk to tj they send him recipes we tj works on the recipes and then they kind of go back and forth with the recipes so we can try to make sure that they it's the the beer they want to make because every system is different and then um we hope that they'll come in and spend the day with us when we're brewing because there are two models one is um what we do with which is contract brewing the other is an alternating proprietorship where the other people actually use the brewing equipment and we've elected to use the um the the contract brewing relationship. So TJ actually does the brewing of all these beers. How many uh, do you have contract brewing out of here currently? Ooh, let's see. Like Can we name five. them all? Let's let's just say how many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's around guys, five. Yeah. I, I, it's probably it's probably closer to six or seven. But the reality but, is, well, what what they'll do is they'll they'll brew. There, there's some of the brew more frequently. Than yeah, others. and they'll than brew others. a beer, yeah. and then right. then all of a sudden, so it's typically one or two fermenters is somebody's beer that were that's not Church Street, and then they'll have to go sell thirty barrels of beer for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, yeah. and then they'll come back and brew another batch of beer and we'll do it that way so it, it almost acts like a little bit of an incubator almost for some of the people that have talked about our friends down at uh banging gavel have been talking about getting their, their brewery up to join that yeah. uh brewing uh neighborhood down in tinley park to be the fourth God, how about that I mean, yeah it, that's a hot spot over years. there all right yeah four, five, six we just did our sixth tinley park brew and vine and six years ago, there was none, no brewers down there. <laughs> and along the way, Todd and Eric from uh, yep, 350 goes, 350 Jet, we're, yeah, we're going to Sound Growler, yeah. Banging Gavels. Uh, yeah, they're next, I hear. And so they've, they've got a beautiful old historic building in downtown uh, Tinley Park that they're working with the city and, you know, all the challenges that they face but along the way there it goes it's going down on you they're they're, they're in the market for uh selling beer because we've given them the opportunity to get the beer in the market without having 
without having to spend all the money to build a you know million dollar brewery yet. So yeah, and I, it makes it fun for these guys too to make totally different beers. Oh yeah, yeah it's it's always fun to make something new. It's always a lot of fun, and, and you've. I, I think that, you know, over the course of time, we've learned a lot from our contract brewers, and I think they've learned a lot from us. You know, it's it's always interesting uh, coming from, because some, some of them have their own brew houses, and they come from just, you know, smaller systems similar to ours. And then you've got uh, some entities that are, you know, just purely contract brewers. They, they don't have any uh, sort of real brew house to call their own and and then uh you know so, so they're essentially coming from a purely homebrew background and sometimes what works fine for a five gallon bucket of beer does not work in a 30 barrel brew house that's what i hear and i and i <laughs> asked too because because uh for me personally there's a, a, a little brewery out there that i really love and i know that they've recently brewed out of your guys' space in energy city uh in batavia and oh they yeah scaled up a couple mm-hmm. of recipes it's great working with david david's been on the, on the podcast before and i found his story in january and i was just like what you're open once for four once hours a month. <laughs> for four hours well, every first saturday of the month like it, so what, what's what was that relationship like um, uh, it's, it's, you know, David really knows what he wants, which is always great in a contract brewer. Um, when, when they have, uh, the, first of all, the, the best thing is to have a sample of the beer ahead of time. Um, so that way you can kind of work forwards and backwards in trying to replicate the recipe to the best of your ability. So when you can, so when you can have the recipe, see it see what the mash temp is, what the yeast is, the fermentation, what hops are going in, and then you can taste the final product and see, okay, this is what is on this piece of paper here. Um, you, you, can, you can really get an idea, especially given what your brew house is, what your capabilities are, of, of how best to replicate that. So, you know, like, for example, like our, our brew house, just with, like, uh, the way it's designed, um, it's it's really designed for loggers. It handles loggers best. It it doesn't do as well in beers that will create a larger amount of hop troop. So if you're gonna do something like an imperial, like a Russian imperial stout, or like a like a really heavily hopped uh, IPA, that can get a little difficult sometimes uh, with the way our brew house works, but we've adapted to it over time. We've gotten a lot better at getting high yields out of, um, real, like, you know, beers that are hopped to one to two, maybe even three pounds per barrel. So, uh, it's, it's, it, it has made us better. Like that's, that's probably the best thing about contract brewing for me as, as, as a brewer is that it's, it's forced us to make a lot of beers that we wouldn't have necessarily um, chosen to make just independently uh, on our own, and it's it's made us uh, adapt to to just different recipes. Um, and you know, sometimes then you're able to go back and look at some of your own recipes and say like, oh, we could we could easily you know do this that and the other, and 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 get more more beer out of it or like just like make the beer better you know just based on experience with this other beer that like you know we honestly weren't sure what was what was going to be the end result um 
and we let them know this ahead of time. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know we're not yeah. we're not just guessing. Um, we've 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 brewed well over 500 batches on this thing over the years, and and you, you get a certain uh, amount of uh, uh, an idea of how dialed in <laughs> your system is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're brewing with David. Um, brewing with David, I, I got way off track. Brewing oh, with no. David was this great because you uh, got exactly where we wanted you to go. Uh, uh, David's beers, yeah. uh, da- David's beers were uh, have been. You know, we've only brewed a few batches for David so far, but his beers are kind of extreme in one way or another. So um, the only brews we brewed for him so far are his Imperial Stout and his. Uh, uh, I guess you call it a double. I think I guess it'd be a double New England IPA. I was just going to get to that. That was oh, exactly yeah. where I was going. See, you're yeah. a master of Segway. That's yep. where I was, that's, that's, where next, I was that's next week for us is packaging that bad boy. So um, his, the Imperial Stout was actually pretty easy. I mean, our, our brew house has probably about a maximum of like of of about twenty six hundred pounds of malt. At least that's where we're resting it at that's right now. We're, we're pushing it up slowly because. <laughs> uh, it, and it gets a little tra- – I mean, you're, you're talking about, like, you open up the door of the manway and there is the malt <laughs> a couple it's, inches from your face. It's right there. So, yeah, uh, you can't do too much more than that, it's safe, safe to say. <laughs> and uh, so bo- both of his beers have been about that size so far, which uh, – so are some of ours. And it, it it's tough from there, you know. You try to kind of from there – sort of skirt the line between you know staying totally true to the beer doing an all-grain uh beer and then also you know trying to make the beer economical because you're brewing a 30 barrel system you don't want to end up with just a few hundred gallons of beer you want to end up with as close to 30 barrels of beer as you can get while getting a faithful product one that the one that one that you're satisfied with um and sometimes that means adding some outside sugar as well, so I mean, that goes. That, that not, I'm not talking specifically about David's beer. I guess anywhere I'm talking about like ours, other contract brewers. Um, you know, a little little bit of little bit of LME never hurt you. Um, but yeah, I've gotten way off track. That, that's fine. That's it's fine. a lot of fun that's working with Energy City, though. His 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 beers are. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Hop Nawi, which is the next one that we're going to be making it's one for of him. My that's favorites. his double. Yeah. It, it's. You know, my my first time I tried it, and this this is not a knock on the beer because I really enjoyed. it. I was like, you could have just bought some orange juice. <laughs> I, I smelled some pineapples. pulp orange juice. I got it in it's, February. It's and like from a the smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> I got big pineapple off of it, and then I had it the next month. I went out there and got it, and it was like this thicker, more like dense. Uh, and then they got it from the most recent release, and it's a little bit well, more. Someone who's had it, then I'll have to have you try some of what we have crashed I in the tank to, right yeah. now, just to get but like a consumer standpoint of it's what. It's not you, carbonated yet, but right. yes. they oh, were. Yeah. Yes. I've had plenty David of those. And I, Heidi were in here last week, and they just love. They're so That's awesome. Right. And, and such a good I, family. I very much enjoy whenever a contract brewer says, "Like, I I love what you made out of our beer." Well, <laughs> like, took, or I think something he took a effect. picture and put it up, and you you know, going through that. I don't know what that is. That like clear like tube looking piece that you can see the beer transferring. You know, uh, on the equipment months ago. You know, a month ago or something, weeks ago, and it and you could just see like the color on it was just like a nice special like that oh color it was that, that, that it was that a picture that they that 
David took in here. I I, on our? I don't. I think oh, okay. so. I thought it was on your guys' system, Probably. maybe. Yeah. He took a bunch of pictures when he was here. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought I remembered him taking a lot of pictures. But yeah. the, the thing, I, the, the reason I was correlating that, like, like I said, I, I'm a fan of what they're doing. I like, I loved him. He was on that on a, did an episode. But uh, you kept talking about how uh, your husband's an en- a chemical engineer. And so is he. Right. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was putting together. You guys kept talking about it too previously about how you know the. He, he's a chemical engineer. I just, I'm just i finding a lot of that people I talk to uh, are in fields similar to that or have passions similar to that, and you tie that in. It's just like it, they go hand in hand. Like I always tell people, like, there's no dummies brewing your beer. There's Craft no. beer industry is full of engineers and lawyers. Right. There's some <laughs> lawyers. Uh, John Newton over at uh, Wagley Square. Uh, they're, they're not really a brewery yet, but they're small. You know, they've done a few batches. They do it for autism. Uh, it's really a cool thing, but he's a lawyer. I mean... But Jim uh, Richard over at Banging Gavel and um, Peter Matt Pete Pot, Matt Turns. Potts. Oh yeah, P- Pete Middlebrow. Turns at yeah. Middlebrow. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, insane. they're everywhere. And then uh, I've got uh, Ryan over at Saint Laurent. Uh, you know, a small small two man brewery. He's a he's a freaking surgeon. Or uh, going to you know he's almost done with a, like a residency or something. I mean, there's, there's oh, no wow. dumb people <laughs> brewing beer these days. You know. You know, you think of yeah, just brewers just having fun. They're just making beer. They're home brewers. No, these guys are they're smart. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Just like you, TJ, right? He's like, no. Says the film major. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> for sure. Joe helped along you, the way. Everybody that listens to this episode <laughs> will hear the first half hour of you speaking about the the brewing, you know, methods and things. They'll be like, yeah, that guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, I, I was glazed over listening to you talk. Just like, whoa, this this guy knows what he's saying here. Thanks. I didn't mean to throw too many. I know. And the, hum, the, yeah, the the humility always comes out in the brewer when you try to compliment him. Chet's just trying to keep his microphone up. I feel bad. I need to Chet's come working hard over there. That's what she said. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys got a great thing going on here. What's, what's, uh, what other kind of stuff do you guys do in the, brew, in the, in the uh, tap room and stuff? I mean, you guys got a bunch of events going on. You got stuff coming up. She's like, I got well, enough I headaches know what we just on my had. plate. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a St. Baldrick's event last um, week. And yeah, where did hair go? Let's where did Sarah go? <laughs> I know, where does hair go? Where does hair go? Oh, no, his hair. His hair. Yeah. Sarah does all our events here. She's. We have two taproom managers, and she's one of them. She might still be here, but I'm not sure. But anyway, we, last weekend, for example, we had a St. Baldrick's event on Thursday. And then Friday we had... Our buddy Greg from Toasty Cheese. Yeah, we had and Toasty I couldn't Cheese be here, here which is best. one of those. Oh, the so he good. was here. He's we had a, we had Plant Night. We have Plant Night once a week here, What's or once a month. Night? I are we mean. still doing yoga on Sundays? Um, we do yoga periodically on Sundays, yeah. but is Plant um, Night what I think? Like, yeah, they plants? make terrariums. Beautiful. But we have like 20, 25 people come in and sit here in the in the room we're in and make terrariums oh, and buy cool. buy beer. We also had a. Uh, Retirement party going on the same at the same we time. We have lots of parties in. We there. have lots of parties, <laughs> and oh, wedding yeah. shower, baby shower, retirement birthday. Yeah, we had a couple yeah. of birthday parties on Saturday, and we had the neatest thing ever on Sunday. We had a singer songwriter event where from two until eight thirty, we had different um, performers singing, and we had a little makeshift stage and. Everybody just kind of, it was people that were basically amateurs that had a chance to play music and just kind of everybody hang out and everybody could kind of watch them play. Now, whose idea is that? Who comes up with that thought? Well, that was Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Sarah and Austin, they, you know, we were, we're, we're, we're talking about um, 
Energy City. They're open for a couple hours on once a month. Yeah. When Lisa and I, Joe and TJ, were here five and a half, almost six years ago, we were open on Friday night for three hours. We never kicked <laughs> anybody out. We, we were open from four until... That's great. I used to leave around seven or eight, but Joe and Lisa who live in the neighborhood was nine or 10, now 11. Yeah. Well, along the way now, we've added seven days worth of the brewery being open. Crazy. Monday night's an industry night, so we got a half price. We got a lot of people in. Oh, like Tuesday, cool. we're doing some uh, trivia. Yeah, we Wednesday, do trivia Thursday, eventually. Friday night's usually a food truck. Saturday's usually live music. So, and again, the nice, the nice weather's coming, so we've got the outdoor patio. We'd love to encourage people to bring their children, bring their dogs. Bring the neighbors. Bring We're very friends. pet friendly. Yeah, very yeah. pet friendly. That's one thing that a lot of people appreciate. People love that yep. shit, man. And we yeah. don't serve food, so. You can bring your own. Except you can get gnarly knots pretzels here. Yeah, Those are delicious. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're yeah. always good. <laughs> The gnarly knots are very good. Love Sometimes the their food truck guys. even comes out. Yeah, those guys are great. They're, oh, yeah. They're good people. And then, the, you know, we're about to get into the festival season yeah, where geez. there's uh, basically a festival every week. And there's... It's like every, playoffs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah it's like hockey playoffs. We'll be, do, we'll be done with it in October yes. when the... Uh, it's like never-ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring, your, bring your game for like a whole – it's like the Stanley Cup playoffs of beer. And, it, and it's one of those things that, you know, over the years people have been exposed to so many of these festivals and be like, oh, you know, there's one down the block, maybe we should go. And sometimes they become intimidated, like, oh, I have to be really into craft beer. You just really have to be into having fun. Yep. And that's what we try to do at these festivals. And along the way, if you decide you don't – you're not as intimidated by IPAs at the end of the day as you thought at the beginning of the day, then – it's not so bad. We did but something good there. Yeah, you know what I mean? We, Otherwise, you know what? Yes, we know you love your our loggers, and thanks for committing that to us again. Because you know, because some people are like, yeah, I'll never go for that other stuff, but I love the stuff that you guys do. So I'd encourage people to go out, ask questions, don't be intimidated, say, hey, you know what? We've got, we kick off uh, Illinois Craft Beer Week uh, the last, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I guess, the, the Friday the 19th of... Uh, of May this year, it's a Friday as opposed to previously it's been Thursday. It's at um, the Garfield Park Conservatory, which is one of those Bug? places. Bug, yeah. and and if people haven't been, that's I mean, a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, and it's a building that was built, you know, decades and decades ago, maybe almost a century ago, at a different time before there was, you know, seventy-inch TVs and all this other stuff, where people really need to tactically experience being in a place like that. Well, yes. there's ten or fifteen different rooms to go from. Sub-Hara temperatures to these, you know, jungle forest oh, kind yeah. of things to uh, swamp-like conditions when the rain <laughs> came a few years ago. As but soon it's as my all wife part. saw the picture, she was like, "You're taking me there when there isn't yes. a beer event." I'm yeah. like, "All right, yeah. dang yeah. it!" Yes. Yeah, and again, it it, it, it brings the community yes, people together for a, for a great cause. I mean, I don't know if people know the story, but years ago, eight, eight nine years ago, they had. Uh, major hail damage, and if anybody's ever, you can Google it right now as we speak. I didn't you know can that. See hail damage on a greenhouse is bad. Captain Obvious. Yeah, exactly. So we 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 feel fortunate as the guild to be part of something like that. Gives back specifically to it, but also it gets people into a place that you know maybe they wouldn't have thought of. We've had many of, uh, yes. events at yeah. the end of Navy Pier. People are like, oh, Navy Pier, what's going on? Those big Ferris wheels? No. There's a beer festival. Just walk to the end of the, you know, it's this old historic building that's been used for all these other things along the way. But fortunately for us, it's been used for a lot of uh, 
great craft beer events. We, we're looking forward to in a couple of weeks to the uh, Schomburg Boomers over at the. Uh, oh yeah, which yeah. we're going to be proud sponsors of this year. We're going to look forward to have a nice partnership. Like May fifth or something. Maybe yes, it's the May same 5th. day as the yeah. uh, Kentucky Derby, so make sure you get your bets in early. And if you find me, I can sneak you up into oh, the skybox to get watch the bu- it a the little bookie, bit. Huh? No. Well, listen, <laughs> we can run. A, we can run a little action. It's not in any way. Uh, it's all for fun. But anyway, it's just a great day. Uh, the, the weather's always a little bit uh, iffy that day. Could, we could be in a wind tunnel of coldness, but it's always a great day. A lot, of, And again, it, it gets a lot of the people from the breweries out there to support the event, which is an awesome part of uh, what it's all about. I'm scared with this podcast only being like four and a half, five months old. Like I haven't experienced festival season. Everybody's busy. So I'm like, get ready. Oh, yeah, what yeah, yeah. brewers am I going to get to sit down with yeah. me? Well, I'm Tuesday's always a good day, people. typically. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You should see if, see, if you Tuesdays can set up at a major event. Yeah, that or set up with them. tap rooms. Mm. Yeah. Well, they've got things to say, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, yeah maybe more even stories than us. If you get a chance, yeah, look at Ed from uh, Bigby's. He has a... Uh, <laughs> Might not be that beer-centric, you know what? he'll get some you know stories. What the, what's it, is it Ed? Ed? Over yeah. Ed? He, yeah. I, I was in the oh, middle, of, man, man. middle of episode 20. Uh, in the, if, you, if you guys have ever been to Noon Whistle in the back, like where, sure. where everything, like by where, where you go to the bathroom there. Yep. 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 So we set up a table like this amongst the canning machine yeah. and the cans. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, we were talking, and, and, and Ed walked past us to go to the bathroom, and, and Paul stopped him. And he's like, hey, come say hi. Yeah, come yeah, say hi. Yeah. So, so he's technically been on the podcast oh, but nice. just for like three seconds <laughs> well, <laughs> he's like well, hey I own Big uh, yeah, and well, la- well last year he attached a uh, GoPro to a uh, Malort bottle and so there's <laughs> five hours of How'd you miss Sorry. that one, TJ? Well, that's video you know, we got, gold. And, and that's it. We got encouraged <laughs> TJ to get out to the I think Malort. Sean needs right. to do that. That is brilliant. Oh, it's, and it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really is one of those things. But anyway, it's, it's, it's just about the celebration and getting everybody together yeah. and having some fun, so... Cool. Encourage people to come out and be part you of it. You can put a GoPro in anything these days. You really can. I'm actually planning on it this weekend because I'm going to Smells Like a Beer Fest. So I'm thinking I'm just going to strap one on my backpack strap or something. I was, I was trying to work on a joke of like your microphone smells like a beer. Yeah, it probably sure does. No piano man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what would you guys like people to, to think of when they think of Church Street? Because right now, like before, for me, I'm thinking of like really clean, crisp beers. Is that is that like a, something that you've gone for, you shot for? I mean, I know we talked a little about the German styles and that. But. I, I think so. I, I, I want them. I mean, I want them to think of just like real very crisp clean traditionally made lagers and some ales and some mostly ales. lagers and some ales mostly lagers <laughs> lagers and some UK ales. beers they're ales what uk beers are ales yes UK well yes are ales. <laughs> i mean when's your when's your new england style turbid uh Double dry hopped, uh, super juicy. Maybe in a col- maybe in a collabo <laughs> yeah, with one of our contract brewers. Uh, we we don't have we have one that's kind of like that that we do occasionally. I, I I think we're hoping to make it maybe next month. Is uh we have a mosaic hoppy wheat, which hoppy wheat is kind of like the it's the soft it's the soft New England IPA. You yeah, know they're they're yeah. they're Get pretty it. dirty, they're pretty hazy, but they're also pretty juicy, mm. and that's what. That's what the New England IPAs are. And, ag- and again, for a brewery that's known for our lagers, a lot of times you'll go into a bar or restaurant that has 6, 8, 10, 12, 20 tap Some have 100 and some odd. But the reality is in that universe of uh, beer choices, there's typically going to be one or two lagers. We'd like to be part of that discussion. But as we <laughs> had a sales meeting on, on Monday morning, when we break out our devil's advocate, which is this Belgian Golden Strong, 
the Belgian Golden Strong community kind of go, no, you guys aren't a lager brewery. You're a Belgian Golden Strong <laughs> brewery. Let's represent that part of it. And again, it's what you can put focus on. You, you, you know, got these distributors and their reps and the places. How much can you focus on? But the reality is get out there, ask for local, ask for Church Street, go ask your local bar, retailer, liquor store, hey, can you get some of this stuff in? And, and we'd love to come have them come to our brewery and share the story with us because it's, that's really what it's part, be part of our yeah. community. We make traditional beers. Yeah. You know, that basically it comes down to traditional beers. The Belgian strong ale is traditional, like a Duval or Delirium Tremens. And it's something that's similar to those, but a little bit different because we put our own twist on it, just like the Hellas and everything else. Yeah, the Hellas is super crisp and light, so nice. I mean, it, it looks like a lot of work went into making it. It was well crafted, I guess I would say. And I'd I hate. It's and I'm trying not to look at to be TJ one of the hardest like he's like, beers stop to complimenting make. me, but <laughs> it's supposed to be one of the hardest beers to make. TJ. And- <laughs> and, and, and it's one of those beers that we get a lot of love out in the front lines. We'll be at a beer festival. Beautiful more. cans, too, by the way. Well, by the, the cans. The, the mar- oh, the, there's the, only the, more coming out. We're, yeah. we're going to be doing lots of canning in the next few yeah. months. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things, more often than not, you'll get a brewer, an owner of a brewery, somebody who's really in the know, will go, oh, I picked up another six-pack of your Hellas at Binnings. Because they know to make a lager like that, it's really, really a challenge. Whereas, you know, some of these other beers, is not that it's any brewing is easy, but the reality right. is to make a crisp Hellas like that and to get recognition, you know, we've gotten a lot of awards and articles written about what it is to make a good traditional Hellas lager. Unfortunately for us, uh, we're doing about as good as anybody in America. So we're real <laughs> proud of that. I was going to say Chicago, but you looked in down. I was like, no, we'll go with America. Not America. There, there aren't enough Hellases, so you can't really not say it. Chicago. I wish there was more. There, there should be more Hellases out there. It's a great style. I, I think it's a it's a fun thing that I've learned just you know from an outsider looking into this world uh, behind the curtain kind of stuff that I've learned is that uh, and we, it's, it's fitting that we talk about festival season is uh, so many of these brewers and I've talked to some some guys that are pretty heavy on the map between like Drew Fox and Jeremy Kuzmicki and Mike Palin and them but they're they're always all of them to a man it's like I'm looking for a high life when I'm at that festival or some sort of lager or pilsner or something, you know something. They're not looking for a big barrel-aged stout or well, an IPA. Come, come which, look for the Heavenly right. Hellas at the <laughs> Ballpark Brewfest because exactly. we've committed to that in our Irish Red. So uh, you get the whole spectrum of it again. Yeah. So. I always find that interesting. It's like, you know, the beer geek is searching for the big, thick stout, and these guys are like, where's the next lager or pilsner I can get? You know. Yeah. So, at least i got to ask you something. Now, we talked a little, you, we kind of glazed over a little bit. So, you know, is it? 100% support from start uh, started the idea to the finish or are you kind of like are you really buying a brew house like what are, what are we doing here are we just buying a bunch of stainless I mean well, did you have a background where you loved beer or anything where you were like yeah, I've I'm always liked beer yeah. but yeah I I just was doing something I've got to it's a Christmas present that went awry is basically <laughs> yeah. what I can say honey you know it was the, you have to be able once in your life you have to be able to take that step and just close your eyes and jump and you went for it what were you doing before this what were you what, what was your okay, upbringing it, chet said it i have an mba in finance and accounting i grew up in a farm town um out about 70 miles west of chicago 700 people chet's been there he's from new york town. what town is that <laughs> it's called leland leland, leland. illinois leland, america illinois. it's yeah. awesome yeah. it's about 700 people and that's where I grew up. And um, let's, 
I don't know. I went. <laughs> my true love is languages. I like languages. I speak several. And I went back after I ended after an undergrad degree in um, Spanish and international relations. I got an MBA in finance and accounting. Muy bueno. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I'm with because you. Very good. It, because it, it, it was useful. And then ended up doing a lot of work in healthcare, actually. Um, my kids all swam. I'm also one of the um, most senior <laughs> referees Part in of the Illinois. Swim mafia from <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> yeah, she's got a whole a swim mafia in she's Illinois. She's got the whole swim mafia community coming it by. It amazes <laughs> Chet how she's many got, she's got kids the, she's crazy. swam yeah. competitively <laughs> over time, and how many people walk in and say, "Oh yeah, I know Lisa from swimming." <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> over the years, but she's the godmother of the swim, <laughs> oh my the swim culture, huh? But we have know, speedo. So we have speedo night on Sunday night. If oh, you okay. oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We've never well, done that before. Here. She's, that's your day off, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening when you're at Lisa home. never gets a day off. Uh, yeah, I figured that. I figured no, so that. my back, my background is basically. See, that's where you messed up. You got an MBA. That's yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't have all the headaches right now. They're like, oh, right. she knows. She knows how to do math. <laughs> Send it to her. And she knows. Yeah. Business. The other thing is that that I did was work with building controls. So it's you know. And I'm always amazed in this beer community that we've all been so fortunate to spend some time how other breweries can do because we've got Lisa who handles all the yeah. ugly stuff for the business right? yeah, ugly whatever TJ gets to have fun rolling up his sleeves and brewing I get to be but Lisa's the one taking care of and crossing the T's and dotting the I's and, and that's a, a extremely valuable thing in terms of growing a business because we talked about you know Time to make the donuts. It's like time yeah. to make the donuts is one thing. Time to make the donuts and sell it, get distributed down in this part of the country or this. We've got Lisa got us beer sold down in Florida. That every time oh. I see these people post a picture of that place, I'm like, when am I going to get <laughs> down and do a tasting that? down in that place? It's no, on the I get to go there. No, when Lisa. Yeah, so that's the one she keeps in her hip pocket. Like, we got in some uh, beer into the islands. We got some beer into Europe along the way. And again, it's all part of this journey. But again, those are the kind of things that Lisa offers to a, a, a brewery brewery in particular that just makes it yeah that's that's just an, another awesome thing that we can say hey you know what we got all those things who else has got that let's go she's reserved her uh, cabana already in florida <laughs> <laughs> sorry chet that's not your trip well i can wear my speedo down there yeah, i'll be a guest well you wear it here on sunday so it's fine it doesn't matter you get your fill i mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, again, it's just it's just great to be part of such a great community of people right now. I mean, I think the latest count is over 200 breweries in the state of Illinois, which uh, and now a yeah, six, a I, I think the Brewers Association recently has announced yeah, <laughs> 6,300 breweries in the United yes. States now, um, and it's you know it with all that rising tide gets all ships, but at the same time, it's it, it's a real challenge to get your story told and. Again, getting back to the fact that we crisp, clean, traditional style beers, lagers in particular, um, th there's hopefully always going to be a market for it as it has been for generations, and we look forward to, uh, uh, you know, bringing righteously good beer to Chicagoland for a while. I like that righteously good beer. And I want one. I want one. You didn't give me one. What's up, dude? And <laughs> here's an interesting story. I'll let Lisa tell the story because I've told it enough. I mean, about the righteously good beer logo. I mean, so I one of my many past careers I had was I, I was on Madison. It worked in the advertising industry on Madison Avenue in New York City. But we have the tagline righteously good beer. 
Lisa, why don't you tell how we came up with that? Joe came up with yes, it. Yes, Joe, her chemical the engineer chemical husband. chemical engineer came up with go that. Go figure. Yeah, go figure. And it's like one of those awesome, I, I, I got to tell you, you think of 200 breweries in the state of Illinois, I don't know anybody who has a tagline that's that precise. And it's it really is apropos, especially when you got a brewery called Church Street, you know, on top of everything else. Righteously good beer. Righteously good beer. So why Church Street, Lisa? Why, uh-huh. why did we come up with Church Street? She's in the middle of a... Uh, She's dealing with headaches. Yeah, see? <laughs> so what? Why, why Church Street? We started with the, the building on Church Street in Addison that fell through, and we'd already started with the TTB permits and stuff, and trying to trademark the name. Just went it, for it. Yeah, it just didn't make it any. Stuck. The, it it no, just the, the stuck, especially no, considering what we wanted to you've make. You got an accountant you know? and a chemical engineer, and neither of us is very creative. <laughs> and we, when we ended up on in, Industrial Drive. Well, it's that a good thing we decided. Really bad. It's, a, it's a good so thing we, we just decided to make traditional ales <laughs> and lagers. So don't look for us on Church Street, and don't look for three one two Main. I like the way that it ties into like, isn't the uh, isn't the Hellas beer? Isn't that isn't that have like a like a stained glass type feel to it? Is that all of our beers you, okay, now? Do. All of them. Okay. But there's a really iconic church in the middle of. Um, Itasca. So when we actually moved the brewery to Itasca, they said, could you incorporate, this is like the symbol of Itasca, please incorporate that into everything. Oh, that's cool. And so it's a church. And so it kind of on some level made sense. Yeah. And I mean, just churches, religion has like a very entrenched traditional feeling and we make a lot of traditional style ales. So they they, they do kind of go together. It's Goes together a little bit better than what if we were making like wild fruit beers and like crazy stuff. And you know we have confession out on the uh, yeah. Friday afternoons if you want to come out. Do you have a confessional <laughs> booth me, Father, big enough for Chet, Chet to fit into? Or <laughs> so, what do you guys want to leave the people with, with with Church Street Brewing? I mean, a few words from each of you, if you don't yeah, mind. And right. you guys all, ha- I, I enjoy this this three people right here because you guys have such a unique different look at it i mean we've heard lisa we've heard you talk of of uh, you know some of the really deeper struggles and things to, to get into it and 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 the you know dot and t's cross and i's thing we've heard tj get deep into the brewing side of things and the passion about it and chet you're like you know it's passion it's but it's also fun and it's also getting the beer into people's hands that are going to like it and want to buy it a couple times not just buy it once and be like okay on to the next thing so i, I kind of like the the differing what do you want to leave you can them go with? first. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah, know they, what to they say They all right look now. at Lisa. They all look at Lisa, I mean. Chet's always good for a word. I'll you want to go first? T- I'll finish it up, TJ. Take oh, us yeah, home. Uh, uh, he wants to be the closing act. I spoke up first, so therefore yeah. I have to start. Yeah. Um, I just want people to 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 come to us looking looking for like an anytime beer. You know, like if, if we've got something in the lineup for anything you'd want. So we, I mean, obvi- obviously, like our our bi- our biggest push is our loggers, our Hellas, and, and our seasonal loggers, and that. Um, but at any given time, we have we have a great seasonal. We have uh, obviously our flagship, our Hellas, and and we have an IPA um, that we're that we're really proud of. And I think that that we we have a little bit of every every base covered and we also have barrel aged beers we also have um uh we also have we're we're, we're dipping more and more into sours which is something that 
we have been lacking before, and I'm hoping that going forward we're really going to be pushing towards. But I, I, I love the, the quality of the variety that we make here. And I feel like that's the best way to put it, is that we, 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 we have a diverse set of styles and where there's a lot of breweries out there that are really focusing on the extremely tart or the extremely bitter or fruity or hoppy, we're focusing a little bit more on the malt side on a lot of beers. And I feel like that's that's pretty unique both in our region and as craft in, in the craft beer lexicon in general. So um, I, I think we have a great diverse lineup. Well and, said. And I'm going to add that we also concentrate some on the yeast. We don't have a house yeast. We use a bunch of different yeasts when we're brewing beer. That's true. And that makes things taste really differently, too. But I really like when people come in and they d- say they don't like beer, number one. And if they have a, or if they do like beer and they don't know what to order, they get a flight of our beer and they say, you know what? I liked seven out of the eight beers that I tried here today. That's and that's number. really unusual, or six, or whatever it is. They're like, wow, I've never been to a brewery where I liked that many of the beers. I'm very, very, very surprised. So I think that, yeah, we're someplace that can appeal to almost all tastes and everything else. And But still, there's some, we're also different. You know, we it might not be fruit flavored or something like that, but... There aren't that many people that try a Scottish ale very often. Yeah. And that's one of our year-round styles. So, same thing, kind of, now as that TJ. That yeast <laughs> comment I would have expected from a seasoned brewer. So, <laughs> that's pretty it's cool. It's one of the things I really like. I, yeah. I spend a lot of time um, ordering things for yeah. the brewery. So, I know what we're what we're getting in for yeast and, like and grains and everything else. And I think it tied in well to what, what TJ said about uh, liking the quality of the of the whole lineup, you know, as a whole, and the fact that you spoke to that with saying, you know, people are liking a large mass of these beers. It's like, yes, we're appealing to a more like uh, you know mid mid level public, but also keeping an identity. Like this is what Church Street is. Like people know what they're getting when they walk in the door to Church Street. They're not just. It's not like crazy experimental, but it's not so uptight that you're just brewing the same thing. We we really like our styles to be representative of the style, especially on our German lager side. You know, I mean, you can, you can take any, any recipe and throw a bunch of hops in it and make it something wild and different. And I, I I just, I just feel like as a brewer, that's a little bit too easy sometimes. I, I feel like it's harder to get a balance. You know, it's very easy to, to go super low. It's very easy to go super high, but it's very difficult to kind of hit that in between niche where you get the best of both um and that's what that's what we're really big on balance is my favorite word in this in this industry <laughs> so if you're not hitting a beer with balance it's you know. I, I don't think it's one you see enough yep. you know it, just me personally as as both a brewer and a consumer i love the extremes too i mean i love the extremes on both ends extremes but I, but, can always be fun but ba- <laughs> but, but uh, striking that balance is what really really hits and so when we look forward to where we are as our Church Street Brewing and where we are as an industry in the state of Illinois, drink local craft beer. Don't, you don't have to worry about talking about it. You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to analyze it. Enjoy the beer. Go to Church Street. Go to some of the other local breweries that you've been fortunate enough to share podcasts for along the way. Introduce yourself. Take some of the intimidation away from it because sometimes 
it's not about the beer. It's about the experience of being around other people. And there's nothing like being in a brewery on a Friday night where you haven't met anybody. You sit down, somebody goes, oh, it's the first time. Oh, you should meet TJ. You should meet Lisa. This yep. is the story about that. And that's what propels the story going forward. I mean, you know, we love to sell our beer at Whole Foods and Mariano's and all those Binnies and all those places yeah. like that. But the reality is we want people to feel a level of comfort in an industry where we're going to produce a lot of beer. we got a 30-barrel brew house. we got a lot of fermenters here. We want people to drink it throughout the state and, unfortunately, beyond to our little friends down at... Uh, off. What's the place down in Florida, Lisa? Well, they're well, in Dustin. Dustin. So oh, yeah, wow. like Google it. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put, we'll put we, that tag on. We almost played a vacation there last, yeah. last year. So our friends yeah. down in Florida, go down and check that out. But to just embrace that part of it and don't think it's so this big intimidating process to be like, oh, I'm not into craft beer. Nope. You know, you know, fortunately... We, we have beers that people come in that can be welcomed by and be like, you know what, that's great. And now, we're like we said, we're getting to the summer months and we're going to have our patio open. Come out, have a beer, relax on a Friday or Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday or whatever, and enjoy what we're all trying to do is, you know, sell some righteously good beer and have some fun along the way. Yeah, it's hard not to meet people when you're at places like this. I mean, it's hard not to. Yeah, and, and don't just go. Don't overthink it. Be like, yeah. oh, just show up, whatever the brewery is. Yeah. I don't know how many times. I mean, that's the whole reason this podcast exists, from just sitting down by myself at an empty, you know, at a tap room in the middle of the afternoon. I might not have to work, or I was working from home or something, and the guy next to you is like, what are you drinking? And then, boom, you're yeah. like, two hours later, you guys are hanging out. You're like, you know, let's have a bottle share. Like, and as you, as you <laughs> told the story, you, you've done 34 of these uh, podcasts, and each one of us, are, are, we talked bef earlier before we started recording, Yeah, our buddy John Brand. John, you know, John came to us and he, we threw him in and he started jumping in and all Love of a sudden him. he's yeah he's one of the great people in, in the industry and it's like one of those guys who's smart he understood but he also understood that he's as smart as he is as good as beer he is he brought in a professional brewer yeah and, you know and, and some how people good is William I mean he, oh it's great yeah, you know what I mean so those are the beer. kind of things you have to do and there's going to be another brewery opening up tomorrow a week from now there's going to be another yeah. brewery we're looking forward to two red hand two red hand in uh glenn ellens little shout out to ruddy john with from uh, gamma coach house sports all of us breweries but he's another example of a guy who's putting the brewery getting into community do it come on support it get out there and do it guys you were awesome by the way just so you know in case you're curious you guys were awesome Thank i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate you guys time i appreciate you letting me come into your your place and letting me try your beer and all thanks that for stuff. coming so man all you thank guys. you so much thanks for coming yeah and i mean at least had her hands full when i walked in she's showing people around the brewery and tj was like ready to after a long day to go home chet's coming in he's like ah you know i had stuff going on and like you know you guys thank you for taking yep. out you know hour and 40 minutes and then that's not even the conversation before you know and probably after as well so sure <laughs> yeah thanks for being patient with us today because yeah, no we patience. were all everywhere no patience necessary <laughs> i just i watch and i absorb what's going on around me i enjoy it well so. cheers to everybody cheers and to everybody we'll cheers. To come out the best <laughs> all right church street Guys, give them the address one more time, just in case they're not familiar with Church Street. What's your Street. leases for gold? 1480 Industrial Drive, Unit C, in Itasca. And your Google Maps will get you there just fine. Yes. And you can see us, on, uh, if you're riding the Metro line, we, we've got a little uh, billboard on this side of the building. So, And all those people who pass it on the uh, Metro... Get off in Itasca or the stop Or in before. Wooddale. Woodale. Woodale. Get off. Itasca. Come on over. Walk over. Take an Uber. Take a cab. 
Have a couple of beers, and we'll put you back on the uh, train to go the rest of the way out to Elgin. <laughs> we'll walk you out there. How about a little quick shout-out? Because I walked in, you know, nobody was here, really. TJ was on the computer. But your, your front-of-house staff, uh, I think production Walked me around. I can't remember what his name was. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew he yeah. walked me around and just showed me the. Andrew's, our, Andrew. Andrew's our cold side cellar guy. Yeah. He's he's a big part of the reason why our brewery looks so consistently clean. <laughs> he told me <laughs> so. that you guys may be getting a second one of those uh, cleaning whatever that apparatus oh, is. Oh, I sure hope I don't know. so. That'd be fun. So he was like, "That would be good for me because I have to clean a lot of stuff." So. And then you're, I don't remember who served me my beer up at the front of house. And then Austin, I think. Is Austin, there, uh, well. Amy or Sarah or Austin? Yeah. She yeah. was wearing a flannel. That's all I remember. That was Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Okay. Flannel in the beer industry. Hmm, that's yeah, right. Surprising. Seems weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> but again, thank you guys. I can't, can't thank you enough for letting you just bringing me in and let me be a part of Church Street for the night. So it was awesome. Our pleasure, Joe. We'll Cheers, guys. Welcome, Welcome to the you. crew. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Cheers. 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 Cheers.